everyone and welcome to another episode of our David Crook Projects podcasts. I'm Nadia Myberg, recording from 151 Jan Smuts Avenue, Rosebank. And today we have a very interesting and dynamic individual joining us, Jared Ufrichting. I don't know if I got that right. <laughs> Aufrichting. Aufrichting. Auf. 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 Rich. Rich. Tig. Tig. Auf Rich Tig. Auf Rich Tig. <laughs> yeah, it's a messed up word, but it, it actually <laughs> means truth and honesty, and it's kind of, um, it's, a, it's a really old-fashioned yeah. German word. And oh, okay. So I, yeah, I guess I didn't have to pick a weird, funky artist name. I can just use that and <laughs> try and live by it and be honest and real with people. Yeah. That's interesting, though, but... You, you didn't grow up in Germany, did you? You grew up in... No, I grew up in L.A. Uh, my parents are both uh, South African. Yeah. So I'm a first-generation African-American. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, yeah, it's, fu- it's fun. I um, I had, like, an upbringing of Southern California, yeah. kind of surfer, L.A. vibe. And then, um, yeah, I've been living in South Africa about six to eight months a year for the last okay. ten-plus years. Yeah. So then, um, to start off, who is Jared? Um, Jared is me, uh, an individual, a person, human being. I try to better myself and my craft every day mm-hmm. and um, really maybe not take for granted um, the position I'm in as an artist yeah. um, and, you know, kind of try to move forward and appreciate this amazing life that I live and have created dialogue that's semi-honest um, and, and quite real, uh, rooted to like my experiences and my feelings and beliefs. Um, so it's, yeah, it's I'm trying to make art, I'm trying to make creativity and art and arrest motion that is alfrechtig, that is oh. basically honest and true and real. And, um, that is so cool. Yeah. So what is your craft then? How would you describe your craft? Um, I don't know. It's kind of, it's just morphed into all these different things through maybe how society kind of changed and technology changed over the years. I was introduced to like film photography at a very young age um, and was published in a lot of magazines and books before I left high school Mm -hmm. and also was doing, you know, graffiti. This, they both transitioned kind of film photography kind of died with digital the digital revolution um, and I still shot on film and continued my relationships with my editors and chased you know print media and tried to support it and get published as much as I could um, it was just a personal thing and at the same time a lot of the graffiti stuff transitioned towards street art and yeah. this big more mass publicly known mm-hmm. kind of culture that we're in now um, and so a lot of my friends were, were doing that and they were getting quite big and well known, but I didn't really get boxed into something like that. And, um, lately have just kind of the last few years trying to balance both, um, exploring fine art printmaking techniques so that I can use my imagery to create art, um, that is like more tangible mm-hmm. and finite. Um, and then also kind of balancing that with a lot of charity work and philanthropy. I've raised like about a half a million rand for wow. charity, working with um, 
youth, animal, and nature are the focuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I'm doing a project with the Salt River School. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I, I developed the curriculum with the headmaster for about the last three months. It was pretty interesting. They asked me to come back after. Uh, I did a water conservation mural for the city of Cape Town and then kind of ended up moving over and doing a little small thing with the kids on the tuck shop. Yeah. We painted the tuck shop using color workshops. Mm-hmm. And the headmaster was really stoked. The principal was really like excited about the result and yeah. said, you're very equipped to teach these kids about skills development, which is the basis of what I teach through yeah. creativity. And uh, it just worked well and the kids gravitated towards it. And then in that area, they had, had a lot of budget cuts, so they don't have huge access to creativity and options of skills, uh, creativity and bettering themselves into mm-hmm. different job that are not, not your, t- you know, they have a typical job structure uh, as what they're exposed to. Yeah. And even their role models are kind of not the greatest they have. Their community maybe sometimes doesn't have time for them or their family sometimes doesn't Mm -hmm. have time for them. So their role models are usually like these merchants and drug dealers and gangsters and Mm -hmm. they're not shown that anything they do with love and fear in their heart can become Mm -hmm. valuable and become a skill and become a job and they Mm -hmm. can get paid for it. Whether it's them cooking, they've become a chef and get flown around the world or they're sewing and end up learning how to create patterns and make unique stuff. And this girl I know, she's making a jacket for Kanye West. Oh, wow. That is so cool. You know, her, so it's cool. like, so, you know, football players, they yeah. just kick a ball and they're from favelas and townships and True. they end up being some of the most highest paid athletes mm-hmm. in the world. So they just show them their little examples through fun activities mm-hmm. that whatever they do, it can be valuable, you yeah, know? Definitely. And um, so... We spoke a lot, the principal and myself, about what they wanted for a result. And I wanted to incorporate a lot of the kids from the school, like almost all the kids in the school. So we're doing these daily workshops that are mostly color workshops where I show them how to create colors because some of them don't even know how to mix green. Mm -hmm. They don't know that greenness comes from yellow. So the basics. Or that we, that's like, oh, hey, what's purple? Where, how do you make purple? Mm-hmm. Oh, purple is just purple. No, it comes from, yeah. you know, red and blue. So these are basic things that we try to introduce through fun activities and we show them how to mix the paint and they mix it themselves. And then once the paint's properly mixed mm-hmm. and we try not to cut corners because a lot of the, the education comes from actually the tasks and jobs yeah. and actually the discipline behind them so to take time yeah, yeah take time and doing it properly because that's the best way to learn yeah and also that they'll value what they do mm. um, and become more confident in what they do and actually put effort and energy into yeah. doing things their best and that's kind of the start to moving forward to having someone be like you know an artist no one's telling them to do it and there's no right and wrong so to actually advance that you have to introduce those fundamentals and mm-hmm. some of them don't understand that so it's pretty cool to be able to show that to the kids mm-hmm. and really enjoy it and this particular project where um, the kids are painting an Indebele style mural mm-hmm. because I'm just like so in love with this um, like uh, Indebele style yeah. mural painting and Escher, Escher is oh, like yes, a really, yes. really amazing <laughs> artist and 
So I try and teach them about that. And I think it, the end result for me would be really cool to have this cool Indibelli mural yeah. that the kids painted oh, that awesome. I kind of orchestrated. <laughs> and it ends up being something that I, you know, I, it, it definitely arrests motion and mm-hmm. it has an impact on me as an artist and it involves kind of my path and what I'm doing mm-hmm. and my perspective. And even sometimes I create artwork from those experiences and those workshops. Nice. Like That's so cool. I did a workshop in Khansbai about yeah. two or three years ago and took some photos and then ended up using those photos for some of my first um, like cyanotype prints. Oh, nice. So I was trying to do cyanotype and I kind of was using, looking for imagery. So that's the kind of way that I'm trying to transition and relate this experience and documenting my life and then applying it like to presenting a certain mm-hmm. emotion or maybe even a feeling or thought uh, mostly just to make people think like that's what you know hopefully good art makes people think yeah. and better art makes people think responsibly and and so that's not always the case and you know we live in a crazy art world that's like yeah. filled with the, the manipulation of value and perception yeah. and I, I find the gallery structure yeah there's a lot of different structures and models that are kind of very set up through time and history they're also kind of falling apart but at the same time they're steadfast in how they create certain streams for artists in terms of not just the accessibility of the art but the kind of validation of the work itself and through those right channels there's more validation and less of a need for the artist to maybe have to justify so that's kind of what I'm trying to do in the sense that I'd like to have this deep body of work that represents a lot of the history of art that has been already proven and then also with my own uniqueness and being able to break the rules here and there where I feel it's necessary and kind of divert a little bit or not even divert but like more like blur blur the lines Mm -hmm. I think that that's a really good approach these days is to be able to blur the lines between how you approach maybe the mass public and a more smaller cultured art 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 culture um also maybe also blurring the lines of kind of you know what is like fine art and and what is lowbrow or you know street art or graffiti and I think that's kind of in contemporary modern art is the way that like people are approaching it from new ideas and new standpoints having a basically just a solid ability to influence and mm. kind of arrest motion and that's where you get like i don't know it's it's very hard to just dis- i mean it's hard to discern between the two because mm-hmm. we go so much towards the branding side of that's things true, yeah. and we want it to be identifiable and a lot of people are kind of just regurgitating the same mm-hmm. palatable thing so that it becomes something identifiable so that they can brand it as more valuable Mm -hmm. instead of actually allowing for this kind of um, esteem to come from that validation through different channels and means and it in some ways it's it's good and in some ways it's bad Mm -hmm. um i mean you used to have like basically these critics that would kind of talk about it and then through word of mouth and maybe different means but now there's 
there's no need for that because there's so much media. And there's also the presentation of a facade where people are actually creating some type of facade that they can present to the public for a long enough time until it's absorbed as truth. And then they don't have to worry about having it be seen as anything but what they've presented it as or created. And I think that that's maybe in a sense not the best approach for art and creativity, you know? Like, why would it be valuable if you're prescribing the thought behind it? Mm. Like, the art There's is... There's meaning behind it. Yeah, why, and there, that's not art. Art doesn't have a prescribed meaning. Art has an ability to give the viewer the option to interpret this yeah. as they feel. And see they, what they think. Their own opinion, their own mindset, based yeah. on their own perception and experiences. And that's what you do when you release an artwork to the public. Mm. Um, as an artist, you create it and it's you and it's a piece of you and then you have to get rid of it. As much as you love it, it's you're, you're, you're giving it away yeah, to the world and putting it out there to the world. And once you do put it out to the, to the world, it's out there and no one can stop it. And yeah. it's, 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 it's starting to do its thing. So say that you want to prescribe a certain idea or vibe behind it I think maybe in my opinion kind of devalues it but at the same time you get a lot of people that create a big name that is easily identifiable and then their stuff's worth a lot of money yeah that happens a lot but I think it's changing though the art world is changing and I think also getting a lot of young artists that are trying to do multi multidisciplinary things like you do I think that also opens the doors to other things. Like, I, I just want to know from your point, is that why you, why you don't stick to one thing so that it's easier to broaden your creative sphere and meet new people? No, I think there's just different people have different personalities and my personality is really intense. Yeah. And I have <laughs> this, like, multi-layered thinking that kind of keeps me... F- in something and focused on something but still actually contemplating and perplexing a few other things and the ability to even stay in that moment and stay focused on something is something that I'm working on Um, but yeah I just am grateful that I found a lot of enjoyments that I was able to pursue to the point where they are now valuable you know what I mean so like some people could say oh you're all over the place but other people could (laughs) say like oh you found exactly what you love and you're exploring that and I don't really put limitations on the stuff that I do I just have like these roots that of that are like the things that kind of make me feel most engaged and most alive and most inspired and then that's just what I choose to explore Would you mind then telling us about your creative process and the relationship between all the things you do? Because I know you do photography and graffiti, you're a skateboarder, um, you're also involved in workshops and making zines. So how do they seamlessly flow into each other? I think it, it's, <laughs> it, it is something that I kind of went into about trying to do the printmaking yeah. and using my photography. I yeah. shoot on film very much like an analog junkie so I like shoot on like black and white film and Polaroids and I try and continue to like push different things and there is an ability if you think 
bigger picture mm -hmm. and you are thinking ahead and all different layers, then you can see how they kind of can weave and, and, and lock in together as like a huge cog um, on, on different wheels that are linked up and kind of turning each other. So in that sense, you're able to be like, oh, well, let's keep this, you know, DJing thing very much in its culture. Yeah. But with vinyl records are coming back, you know, there's this ability to bring in this creativity. Mm -hmm. So now I can have this huge, you know, collaborative project where I'm working with musicians mm -hmm. to create the music and then also working with artists to create the artwork yeah. and using other artists to maybe even create the music videos and just have this awesome project that I'm able to like bring together through the foresight to create that. I mean, I believe wholeheartedly in, in manifesting your own reality. Yeah. You think of something that maybe doesn't exist and you, you give it your all and you create it and sometimes you have to bleed for it. And that mentality obviously comes from probably skateboarding and mm -hmm. surfing and having to fall and get back up again and <laughs> do it over and over again. That's really cool. And that's kind of maybe a mentality that some people don't have or a discipline that don't, some people don't have mm -hmm. maybe today and now society, things are so much immediate gratification yeah, that if true. they fail, they're scared. Mm -hmm. And it's not about being scared of failure. It's about using that failure to elevate yourself mm -hmm. and to learn and to move on and to better yourself. Yeah, it's about and the process. Yeah, the whole pro, I mean, for me, that's everything. The value of what I do mm -hmm. comes from the narrative and the process and those are like all these really rich deep things yeah. that I really try and kind of give myself to and try and pay a very close attention to because then I can use that as my own dialogue for mm -hmm. my art and that's you know every like if I like you said I do all these different things art music surfing and skateboarding and that even the surfing like okay cool I've been surfing for a really long time and it's something that is very close to me. Mm -hmm. And in the last like 10 years, I've started this finless surfing type of thing, which is just this complete like loss of control while mm -hmm. trying to stay in control. And then that would kind of translate directly into not only like yeah. life, but yeah. even maybe some of my art where like I'm trying so hard to control things, mm -hmm. but then actually surrendering to not only the control but actually the moment yeah. and the gesture and then finding all these other things where like oh well there's more beauty in the free form of this gestural approach mm -hmm. than there is from this rigorous like meticulous structure, approach yeah. and structure so that even that is breaking down yeah. all of these things and then trying to apply it to whatever i can i mean the publication thing is just something that i love and i come from this like when I was a little kid and I would get a photo mm -hmm. in a magazine, I'd be so amped <laughs> and, and like, it would just be really amazing to me. And, um, now I just try and support that because there is this kind of still this big, um, demographic of people mm -hmm. that really love that tangible yeah. thing and to have a, a publication, um, or a zine or a book or a comic or whatever it is in your hand is something that you can um, have a lot more of a mm -hmm. direct connection and relationship with you and you can react to it. I think a lot better than some type of like BS media that's mm -hmm. 
a screen because a screen is not a yeah. media or not sorry, sorry not a media but a medium yeah so a medium that you're able to perceive this work so whatever work the artwork was created in is like a medium and sometimes the medium is paper sometimes the medium yeah. is a canvas but like we've basically smashed everything into this two-dimensional screen that is now meant for kind of just like watching movies and then to watch and see art through the screen is kind of to degrade it to the point where you're just like on some swipe left kind of tender vibe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> Yeah, the value also decreases because it's it's something that's easily consumable. So I think zines, especially um, because they self-publication and people can make them, I feel like there's so much more value in that because someone can make one or someone can make ten, but the effort put into that is is so valuable. I think you saw, even from coming to the workshops, yes, that yes. people didn't understand how free the approach is mm -hmm. to where you can say anything you want in there or you can yeah. show anything you want so for instance maybe this girl who came she is a sculptor and she sells her work as a sculptor so for her to be able to find a new approach to be able to show her process mm -hmm. and maybe even her inspiration and certain parts of her life that she would like to reveal yeah. to her audience and collectors is quite valuable because now she's been able to translate herself yeah. and her creativity into a new medium and a new new direction yeah. uh, able to be perceived in a new way so that's like kind of trying to help people broaden their horizons as i have this you know broad horizon where people think oh this is you know you've got a lot of things going on but it's actually just me being able to narrow the scope of what i do into having directions mm -hmm. that are always targeting certain stuff and even connecting back to other things that's so true, yeah. that's the approach that I take with showing people the accessibility to be able to have, create a voice for themselves or a dialogue for themselves mm -hmm. I think is a very valuable thing just like the youth development projects yeah. and um, I did some photo voice workshops in Peru oh. where we showed the kids about photography yeah. and the value of photography and it's just showing people the diversity of the probably basically the technology out there and also what has come before us because I think with the amount of technology it's so easy but there's a lot that came before us that is actually tried and tested really amazing hands-on approaches that have a deep deep process yeah. whereas I think a lot of the modern stuff with a very easy approach has like very little process and, and narrative. That's you know? true. Um, oh yes, I wanted to ask about like if collaboration is important to you because I know uh, from the workshop we were working very collaboratively and the table was spread out all working together and uh, bouncing ideas of each other but is that something that is, that's important to your work? It's um, definitely one of my favorite and most inspiring ways to work. Um, if I have the ability to collaborate on a project, 100% I'm going for that. Mm -hmm. I'm not just going to get anybody. I do usually like try to curate and do some type of almost venting oh, to be able yeah. to try and bring the right person to that project. Yeah. I really push and 
and, and want to stay away from like nepotism and mm-hmm. his favorites and all yeah. this stuff. I will. I have such an amazing, diverse group of people that inspire me all over the world. And um, with collaboration, you have now the ability to create something that you could have never created by yourself. That's true. And that's one of the most important things to me about collaboration is that ability to create something unique mm-hmm. that you both now have given some piece of. Yeah. And and so to be able to say, oh, I'm so good and I'm the best and yeah, 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 I'm, you know, feel like I, I, I'm um, qualified at a lot of the stuff that I do, mm-hmm. um, sometimes very well qualified. Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter. I could do it on my own most of the time, but yeah. why would I want to do it on my own when the ability to now have someone else add something to that, whether it's just a perspective that I wasn't seeing, it's mm-hmm. so much value. That's and true. to have them add to something that makes it that much more unique mm-hmm. because it now represents not only two people's kind of dialogue to create something and two people's effort to create something, mm-hmm. but also is more representational of a time and a place because now you have the tangibility of having whatever process that it would involve to actually creating that collaboration is usually has to take place in meeting and meeting up together and having a conversation between the two people and then working together on something. And I just, that's the experience and the value behind pretty much what I do and why I do it because I love what I do and the ability to experience all these amazing things comes from sharing life with all these creative people. And so that's, something that I value a lot and I I definitely tend to try and work towards collaboration. It's why I usually have group shows instead of solo shows and yeah, it's just the ability to work with good, creative, amazing people. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really, it's a blessing. You mentioned working with groups and you also mentioned charity work. What is the scope of your involvement in that arena? And I know you're also involved in... um, that in South Africa. So what projects have you been involved in? Yeah, I mean, I think there's about 15, 12 or 15 projects that I've done with charities mm-hmm. and NGOs around the world. Um, and uh, this year with the Salt River School is the first one that's yeah. backed by a school district. So that's pretty cool for me moving forward to be able to do stuff in the future. I have now the backing of a valid school district. It's mm-hmm. Not that uh, charities and NGOs are not an amazing validation, but it's also uh, broadens the scope and uh, kind of what my approach is and my portfolio of how the, the things that I've actually done and accomplished and um Again, it's nice to, to be a doer instead yeah. of just a talker because I love to talk and I can talk for hours, yeah. but at the same time, I really focus on trying to do things and yeah. get stuff done. Um, it takes a lot of energy and effort to manifest realities that don't exist. So That's sometimes true. I just want to do a project and uh, maybe there's a lot of hurdles and even walls and I don't let that stop it just because there's avenues to create that reality so if a budget is a problem for one of the Mm -hmm. workshops like for instance the salt river school project they didn't have very much budget Mm -hmm. so i ended up procuring sponsorship through different means and utilizing my channels and networks Mm -hmm. to add to the budget so i created a publication that would raise some funds for it and then i got this 
amazing company, Paintsmiths Group, to mm-hmm. donate like 20,000 rand worth of eco-friendly paint. Oh, wow. So That's there's so just so many different channels that you can kind of approach if you don't give up and you don't have that give up approach. Mm-hmm. You have that by any means necessary approach. And um, I think that's a good way to go about the charity work because mm-hmm. you're not going to get a lot of return from it. You're almost yeah. like a compulsive gambler where you're just like <laughs> giving your life away, giving your life away. And then once in a while you hit it big and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> the best feeling ever. Yeah. And now you're like, you know, now you're back in it and you're, <laughs> you're bleeding again for this, <laughs> call, for this cause that you believe so much yeah. in. So it's a, it's a comedic example, but yeah, it's, it's. It's kind of like you need to do it because you want to and yeah. you, because you love it, because, not because you, you think you're going to get rich or get famous, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, so it's cool. I think that that's an amazing part of the creativity that I've learned to utilize because now I'm doing amazing things with that creativity, like having my own charity auction or creating murals for awareness campaigns yeah. for big companies and even like stuff for wildlife you know mm-hmm. um oh speaking of murals can you speak about the elephant mural oh yeah that was a pretty interesting <laughs> project um so there's the creativity has an amazing way to to like influence people and i think that utilizing it in a responsible means mm-hmm. um is is a is a good approach um I don't think enough people are doing that as far as artists and creatives, mm-hmm. um, especially when we're supposed to be the ones that are able to understand the world more and kind of be more accountable for how human beings treat the world and treat yeah. each other. And so I think that that's a good way to like approach creativity to be able to utilize it. And, and with all this charity stuff is it's an accessibility point. So like, say for instance for the ocean you know there's um pangea seed um and uh, a number of other organizations like uh, waves for water mm-hmm. and they all try to help the ocean so to be able to make art that directly relates to that is quite powerful and mm-hmm. it, it can utilize um and help in different ways so i'm just did a mural for the city of Cape Town. It's a water conservation mural. Yeah. And I'm trying to potentially create an artwork from that because I think it's a, a way to continue that dialogue because it was such a strong statement. It said, is water more precious than gold? Mm-hmm. So that's maybe something that people in public would be able to see and react to and think about. Yeah. And now taking it even further to where now I want to take it and make it so that people all over the world can see it because I did the mural in this specific area. So maybe only people that have seen that are able to access it. And with the internet, um, you now have this amazing ability to spread things around the world. So you have within a few hours, if it's a, you know, a high profile mural, you have people all over the world that have seen it. So that project was pretty crazy. We took like two and a half weeks to create that elephant. It was me and an artist, Sonny, yeah. um, for his To The Bone project. And um, yeah, at the time, it was a kind of derelict corner on, in Rosebank. Yeah. And the, um, the property developers had a lot of foresight. And I've worked with a lot of property developers um, in the past. We, it's one of the kind of things that frees me up to be able to do other projects is where if I do like, you know, one or two massive murals a year, mm-hmm. then I have a lot of free time to do 
other stuff. Um, so those things actually really create energy in a space and that fast forward, you know, two years, you know, now have this corner that through the basically energy and motion that's been created on that corner as well as the focus of those people to try and create something new and beautiful yeah. you now have one of the hottest spots in Joburg it's all <laughs> yeah. these restaurants and yeah. galleries and um, it's kind of really revitalized the area yeah. and it was also for a very very strong reason at the time you know elephants were really hitting the endangered list hard there was a lot of publicity in the media and there was a lot of speculation about what the real numbers were and at the time they were killing 96 elephants a day so sure. there was this whole need to express this approach of this is not value yeah. and the elephant has gold tusks and that's basically to show that like look this is a real issue that you guys have created um, and, and, and this is an amazing beautiful creature that's on our earth that we yeah. have the responsibility to protect, you know, and not have it just be something that like our children aren't able to see and experience anymore through, through like whatever means that we have to do it. Mm. We have to wake people up. So whether it's to create art on walls or to do campaigns and that charity ball, mm. you know, or events, there's a, there's a lot of means for art to create this change for yeah. good in the world. And I think that that's, you know, one of the things that that mural did was is like made, you know, not only made the space better, but it made the world better and made people think really a little nice. more, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of people really love that mural. Um, a lot of people in Joburg. Yeah, it's really cool. A lot of people in Joburg have seen it. It's <laughs> like one of the more iconic murals in Joburg mm -hmm. now. So it's pretty cool to have been part of that. Um, so do you think that... Um, giving back in that way and making people aware of certain issues, is that important for an artist to do? Yeah. I mean, in a sense, that's the responsibility that they have to take upon themselves as the artist. So Sonny was bold enough to approach, you know, a whole campaign and series and exhibition and kind of body of work that attacked a very pressing issue, which was this like, um, to the bone campaign yeah. that he came up with it had a real root in both not only the animals being having becoming extinct and dying off but also the regions in which they come from losing their culture mm -hmm. so there was this connection to that and it's a deeper message that maybe isn't written in you know playing bold letters mm -hmm. but sometimes it's nice to have a subtle approach sometimes you need to have the bold letters and slap them in the face to show them that they're, it's time for change because change is an inevitable. People just like to have the illusion of control yeah. and that things are, you know, simple and safe and nice. And I think that that's not even the best approach for an artist because you now have the, you're now like limiting, you're limiting the way that you're perceiving the world and reacting to it, you know, because it's not in this little simple, easy box of like, this is how I like it and yeah. I need it to be like this way and I need to wake up and have this and my <laughs> lighting needs to be like this and I mean yeah, that's fine but you get really boxed into some comfort zones and then you're kind of going to get jaded mm. um, to just having like complacent nice easy good vibe yeah, yeah. Th that maybe ha has an effect on the way that the work is created 
and maybe the meaning and intention behind it. So if you no longer have that hunger, mm-hmm. um, the work maybe goes to becoming the root of like, yeah, this is more simply palatable. This is more easily defined. Mm-hmm. This is more easily like categorized and structured. And that's fine. Some people want that approach. And I think that that's not like, that's a stable, like secure way to work. But like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I want to literally like claw yeah. at like the, you know, I want to claw at life and poke it and, and play with it and see the reactions and get burnt and be like, you know, maybe trying to figure out how to build a bigger fire next time. I don't know. Like <laughs> that's, <cool. laughs> that, that's like the vibe. <laughs> like it's, it's nice to see good work that attacks some type of meaning mm-hmm. and has a good way to like make people think about what's going on. Yeah. You know, like for instance, say Barbara Kruger's early work was like very social political yeah. and very brash and in your face. And it had such an impact on the time. Mm. And then you look back on it and now it's still got such an impact because the relevancy was there for human Mm. beings. There was an honesty and truth there. And there was an approach from a responsibility where I'm not going to just make bullshit and put it out there and go, oh, this is so deep and so meaningful. And I need to justify why with this like three pages of bullshit paragraphs doesn't make sense to me. So that's fine I'm an intellect and you can prescribe to me why you've concluded that this minimalistic approach has been grandiosely approached into something that's now super super valuable in terms of now you have this conceptual construct based on this simplistic execution and process and that to me is just cutting corners and making shit art (laughs) so like rather not spend so much time trying to justify why and actually live in the here and now try to carpe diem and make amazing stuff that maybe you even question like what is this like what does this even mean like (laughs) maybe you're gonna make something cool you'll like it I don't know I mean that's the exploration that an artist should take to be able to actually create work that they're proud of and so for you is it more about the process and then finding the meaning after the process is complete no i for me it's about experiencing life okay. documenting it mm-hmm. and then reflecting on that documentation because years later i see things that i didn't see in the here and now yeah. and then i'm able to articulate that into mm-hmm. artwork mm-hmm. and create new work from those experiences and then I have a little bit more control of the meaning but only through the fact that I lived that and was able to experience that so then I can wholeheartedly present it as oh this will make you happy oh this will make you think oh this is why we need to conserve this those are the ways that kind of I hope to be able to translate from my life into art you know like having reality become art which is therefore true I don't know it's like that's a nice approach though I like that yeah I didn't choose my last name it's like (laughs) not even pronounceable half the time but yeah it's a German word that's roughly translated into 45 meanings all meaning the path of righteousness and (laughs) the most correct honest way 
Ja, 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 ja. It's a lot to live up to again. I'm just trying to be yeah, real and make real right. art and be a real person yeah. and connect with you like and speak about real things. And yeah. like I said, I didn't want to know the questions. I just wanted to talk and like, <laughs> we could, you know. Yeah, and have a conversation. Have a conversation. But it's interesting how your surname is what it is, but your life reflects in your art and your art also reflects your life. That's a conscious approach, um, but it wasn't chosen it was just, <laughs> okay. just like happened and slowly happened more and i almost died from a bacterial parasite from feral surf travel in indonesia sure, okay. um so yeah i had like um i had a really hectic thing called sar carposi sarcoma and oh. it's a little parasite it's normally like in your soft tissue like your thigh yeah. or your stomach and they even have it in africa um and a lot of people have it and don't even know mm -hmm. but I won the lottery and mine was in my head so it was like a one in a sure. 500 million no, they'd never seen one in someone's head before or whatever wow, okay. so yeah they gave me six months to live and I went through some pretty serious things sure. um, and that was an ability to reassess why and how and the value of life and okay. you know I mean life in general we live these moments and we're alive now like me and you are talking I'm yeah. looking across at you and at the same time that we think oh it's just normal and that's life actually every moment we're alive is so amazing and so surreal mm -hmm. we try and like tone it down with all this bullshit it's and all this on. control of chaos uh, at the same time because we can't even basically take on the responsibility that we're totally in control of our life we're totally in control of our happiness mm. we're totally in control of the way we perceive the world around us because we can see things as being wonderful or as bad and it's kind of a conditioning to be able to go like no i don't want to focus on the bad no i don't want to judge that i want to look at the good in that i want to yeah. look at the best in that and i think that as an artist you really have to mm -hmm. have that open-minded approach because if you're a racist or a bigot, then you have no business being a real open-minded artist or calling yourself that because yeah, right. then you're now approaching these limitations. Maybe you disagree with that stuff and you're more than certainly welcome to disagree with that stuff. You can have you know, the most strict opinions about things, but you're not allowed to tell other people that they're wrong, mm -hmm. or you're not allowed to tell other people they're not entitled to have a different opinion. And that to me, I think is the, the best thing about creating good art. You have the ability to maybe come at it, your approach, but then not be so narrow-minded to think that, oh, everybody's gonna have the same opinion as you. Because maybe, you know, whatever, like maybe you went to like some, hissy pissy art school and now you've got a degree and you've shown in all these galleries mm -hmm. and you're like no my opinion is so so valuable superior. don't you know i'm the superior <laughs> yeah. one and you have to see it from my perspective you're not going to get it and that's like, just like <laughs> come on bro like what are you talking about who like, are you <laughs> <laughs> well why make art that has yeah. to be seen through these like John Doe glasses just because yeah. John Doe's new new hot topic at Gagosian, you know what I mean? It doesn't make <laughs> yeah. sense to be like in that realm, um, especially in the today and the here and now mm. of what we're living in with social media, rampant like influencers and choice makers and like whatever, all these different people that are having such an effect on the society and world around them. So 
yeah, let's just try and connect with each other and engage more and be more open-minded rather than be like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Wait, what platform should people find you on? Oh, let's not get too involved in the internet. <laughs> um, if you Google Jared Alfrichtig, you can find a whole mess of stuff. Um, I have a Facebook artist page that I put a lot of stuff on. That's a public artist page. Okay. I also have an Instagram that's expressions underscore Alfrichtig. That's my personal Instagram. And then I have like about four other Instagrams. Um, it's like uh, our frick dig photo our frick dig art <laughs> DJ just B yeah. um, those are ones that I created so that I could follow people back because I was like I don't really care about social media so I wasn't following people and that's like not the proper etiquette so I got like this <laughs> yeah. flack from people like you're not following me like follow for follow and I'm just like what are you talking about okay fine here here's five accounts just pick one <laughs> so yeah I have a lot of stuff online um, I'm building up a portfolio of my solid work because that was the major thing that was like most of the time people would ask like where's your work online and I kind of would hoard and limit my work online yeah, as yeah. far as like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want my best work online mm -hmm. as far as my photography like I have my Leica ambassador and uh, some of the stuff to me was like these images have value so why just put them on, online for everybody True, to see yeah. for free and then also the value behind my artwork where people were like collecting my work and I don't want them to feel like it's not as valuable as it is because I really really try to limit the amount of work that I actually sign my name on so that there's this tangible like uniqueness to these people owning something that I signed and having it be not accessible to everybody and not just out there for hundreds of thousands of people so it's more special and they appreciate it more so yeah I'm definitely online uh, you can hit me up and like if you got work DM me so then, um, just to wrap up, what is going to take place week Thursday for First Thursdays? Well, should be a very interesting display of publications with a nice, consistent approach to showing original work so that there's a real gallery. Mm -hmm. um, there's like, you walk into a gallery and you want to see a gallery show. So I really wanted to have like a nice gallery group show. Um, also with the ability to showcase these publications coming from the workshop that we did mm -hmm. and a lot of friends have done publications recently I've done a number of new publications recently and I asked for some contributions from a few friends from around the world my friend Byron is coming from New York okay. to um, launch his book called Drop it's about the whole high beast supreme culture that's out there <laughs> nice. with people lining up and paying a lot of money for this urban fashion that is crossing the boundaries of couture fashion with urban fashion. So there's this huge demand for it. And he made a really cool book about it. He's also got my friend Roger Ballin in the show. He's got some amazing, amazing images that he's given me and he's drawn and doodled in a book. And he's got a new book out that's got a whole summary of his mad career in 40 years creating this beautiful aesthetic that he calls Ballinesque. Yeah. Um, and that's I'm just really pleased to be able to work with him and have him in the show and um, my friend Ray Barbie mm -hmm. who's a professional skateboarder uh, from America he's now a musician and an amazing world-class photographer 
He's given me some images for this new publication along with a number of other friends from around the world. And it's just an ability to basically have a platform to showcase these amazing publications that are um, we've collected and curated mm -hmm. and also having original works from these publications being accessible to people to buy. Not too overpriced, but it's <laughs> nice to have like original works from yeah. these publications because yeah. the publications are always like kind of selling out really quick and kind of like be here now kind of thing. And mm -hmm. if you got it, you got it. Mm -hmm. But uh, for the people that really enjoy it and they can have something to keep and it oh, just nice. represents maybe something like really special from from the contents of that mm -hmm. publication. So I think it's a good, awesome. good awesome. category, yeah. like idea for the exhibitions called Post This. So most of the stuff was like not posted online. <laughs> okay. um, like original content so everybody can come and post their photos and Instagram <laughs> and Facebook and tweet it and put it all over with the Pinterests and the Google Pluses <laughs> and shares it to the moon and back. So I don't even really mind. Um, I just wanted to put a great collection of friends together to have yes. a, a good show and awesome. we've got some really cool local artists also mm -hmm. um, and so yeah I think it's, it's it's nice to have a really fun way to reintroduce this space there was yeah. just recently some nice renovations I came here last year and I fell in love with the place and bought <laughs> some books and then you know a year later I'm doing a show so it's really cool you know I, I appreciate it I'm very humble and appreciative and I'm um, just trying to, you know, basically bring, um, you know, a very high standard of yeah. um, execution to the table, which is something that I try and do with a lot of the stuff that I commit to. Awesome. Well, thank you for this interview. It was very insightful. Very stoked. Thank you. <laughs>